0: Welcome to the show. Paul George, Deacon Adam Conk the Bear in studio. How's it going, man? It's going.
1: It's summertime. I got that Pentecost glow. Do you? Oh, man.
0: Great to be with you today. Great man. to be with you. Thanks, everyone, for listening in. Podcast or on the radio, KLFT Radio here in Acadiana in this area. Wonderful, wonderful time to be alive here in Acadia, And all, everyone who listens to the podcast, wherever you are, um, grateful. That you're a part of the show. Lots to talk about today. So grateful. Yeah. Yeah. Lots to talk about. Yes. So uh, just got back from trip to EWTN, hmm. the, the Eternal Word Television Network.
1: Wow. What were you doing there, Paul George?
0: Their studio in Birmingham, Irondale, Alabama. I've been a few times, but I haven't been in a while. I went there for a couple of interviews uh and it was cool. Just got back late Wednesday night and uh yeah, you know, like you don't really think about it. And maybe, you know, the perception out there is like what's EWTN? I don't watch it or listen to it or whatever the case may be. I know a lot of people who do. And here's the reality, like if you're ever in Birmingham, you got to go see this place. Have to. I mean, it really is an impressive, you know, television, you know, network. It's huge. Mm-hmm. And you can go to the studio, you can see it all. I mean, the way this thing started with Mother Angelico. I know we've, you know, we kind of like, a lot of people don't think about it, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you go and you realize, so I walk into the studio, right? I'm going there for my interview. I did a couple of uh, shows for the show Life on the Rock. And then I did a podcast with Father Mark, one of the hosts. Nice. But you walk into the studio and you don't realize like there, there's televisions you know, in the lobby of the studio and they have what's streaming or what's playing in different countries and in different languages all over the world.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It is impressive.
0: And that's when I was like, Oh wow. Like this is pretty impressive. Like they're doing their, their this network is literally worldwide and they have shows in different languages all over the world. And in some places in the world, this might be the only Catholic content people get. Yeah. You know, yeah,
1: most, most countries I would say they're in, that's probably true because, you know, like if, when you go there and it is impressive, you could see all the countries listed. And I mean, some of them, uh, are, are not as developed, let's say, especially right. with Catholic uh, yeah. media. Right. And so it's, what a service that they bring the gospel over the airways and they the really television do. to those places.
0: Yeah. I know in America it's different because we have so many options.
1: Yeah, we got like 28,000 Catholic things now, you know, including the Paul George show.
0: Yeah, not only Catholic things, but just streaming services and apps mm-hmm. and internet and, you know, like but if you just like if you ever have the chance to go visit the campus of EWTN, it is really amazing. They have this beautiful chapel where they film mass every day, but you can go to mass mm-hmm. and they have adoration all day in there and it's beautiful. So, they would go in there and pray in between things, go to mass. Um, just enjoy you know the time being there and then of course had the interview you know
1: yeah it's such a beautiful experience like you said if you're in the area and you've never been you have to go for sure um, just so much grace being pumped out of Irondale Alabama to the rest
0: of the world so how was the interview it was good you know I got I got makeup on not still for but, real but it did you know, because you know, on TV, like you can get a glare off your face. So they, they, they say they, they need to take the shine off your face. Ah, you know, let your light shine, (laughs) let your light shine, not your face. Yeah. So the girl was doing like the makeup when I got there in the green room with father Mark and then brother John, who did my, my interview for life on the rock. And so I was asking her, I was like, you know, how do you know which color to pick for someone's face? She's like, I just have learned to match people's colors. Wow yeah so she was doing it and I said you know my wife says that i'm I'm pink you what? know she says my my wife says my my I'm pink like my I have a complexion that's pink I was like I've been fighting her my whole life and I'm like i'm not I'm not pink you know like i I'm not pink and she turns around this this you know young adult little makeup you know artist she turns around she goes uh yeah you are kind of pink <laughs> And I was like, this, see, my wife has been right this whole time and I've been fighting her on it. That is something. So I'm pink. You just going to own it? I I mean, what else? I didn't, I didn't want to fight with her. I'm like, you are a color matcher.
1: Wow. So like, if you put on a pink shirt, I might not be able to see you, right?
0: Yeah. I would just blend in apparently.
1: It look like you're not wearing a shirt.
0: Well, she says you have an interesting kind of tone of like, you know, brown or tan, tan and, and pink. And, and, you know, whatever. so, Wow. Yeah. What an experience. Mm-hmm.
1: Of course, you were chatting about uh, Holy Grit, the new book.
0: Yeah, I got uh, two two shows on Life on the Rock, uh, two episodes, talking about masculinity. Oh, okay. Authentic max- masculinity, talking about the book, Holy Grit, the saints in there. It was a cool interview. It, it kind of felt like a podcast that was being filmed. It was kind of discussion-oriented. Neat. Yeah. That's great, man. Yeah, Brother John did a good job, you know. That's great.
1: Wonderful. Reaching the world with the gospel. Yeah. Paul George.
0: Right here, right now. You know. <laughs> Speaking of reaching the world with the gospel, do you have a, have you seen?
1: What did you say? That is so interesting.
0: Oh, for real though?
1: So you ever take a while to do something you know you need to be doing? Like, so for example, oh, I need to get this renewed or I need to go visit the social security's office or I need to go do whatever. And you procrastinate <laughs> it? Just on takes it takes a little
0: while. Yeah keep pushing it off. Yeah, yeah. Is Does that, that
1: ever happen to you? Yeah, sometimes.
0: Of course, yes. Everybody it happens to everyone. I don't know if it happens to everyone, but it happens to me. <laughs> but I feel much
1: better well, about Depending myself. on
0: what it is, I think people procrastinate on different things. Mm-hmm. So something I might not procrastinate on, you might. Like if I get a license renewal, I renew it immediately because it just yeah. bothers me. You might procrastinate on it. I might. But when it comes to building a website, <laughs> you just knock it out, and I'm just like, ah, I don't want to do that right now. I'll procrastinate on that.
1: Good point, Paul. Okay. But I'm, I do feel a lot better myself about myself now that I've heard the story of this unknown man mm-hmm. who walked into a California library earlier this month, in fact, just a few days ago, and handed in a book that was almost 100 years late,
0: overdue. Really? Mm-hmm. What did he get it when he was like one? Well like what is this?
1: You know, here's what happened. He walks in, puts this book on the desk, and then walks out. So they take the book and they figure out the St. Helena Public Library in California that uh, this book, which was a book on American history, was actually due back at that library on the 21st of February, 1927. Wow. Yeah. And uh, the fees add up to about $1,800. Hmm. That's not bad for uh, 100 years. I know. Pretty good. Um, there's actually a, uh, a little note from 1927 when the book was uh, taken out, was was checked out, that the book may be kept for two weeks, and uh, it was a lot longer than two weeks.
0: What's the latest you've ever been on something, that you've been behind on something? That's like a core memory for you. Do you have anything?
1: The latest I've ever been behind.
0: I mean. I,
1: well, something like that, I haven't gone too late. I mean, there's been times that I've driven around without my license renewed. Uh, Like the license, not, registration, not the license, but the yeah. registration renewed right. for a bit. But, oh, the sticker, the state sticker. Yeah. At, in the front. Oh, Inspection gosh, sticker. I've gone. Forever. Months. You're just forgetting about it. But the one that's probably the most serial is my uh, contacts. I don't know if you wear contacts yet. No. But you're not supposed to wear them for like ever. They make me dizzy. But I'll go two years with the same pair of contacts. I know people who wear contacts right now are like, what? What? But yeah, that's true.
0: Hmm. Who has time to see, Adam? It's, it takes a lot of effort to see. You know, like who has time to actually see well? Obviously, you do not. hmm You know? it reminds me of the gospel story. Where And this one always bothers me uh, in a good way. uh, I can relate to it is the people who work in the vineyard. um, uh, And they work all day. And then there's some workers who come at the end of the day. You know where I'm going? Mm -hmm. And they get paid the same amount. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah? Yeah. That story really bothers me, but I get it, right? Because these guys worked all day and they got paid a fair wage. And then some guys showed up at the end of the day and, and the landowner was like, yeah, y'all go to work and they work for like an hour or whatever. And they got paid the same day wage as the people who worked all day. And the people who worked all day were really ticked off. But the people who sort of procrastinated show up late and pay and worked and got paid, like they got the same pay. This is the beautiful thing about the gospel too, is that like, you know, no matter how far we've gone or procrastinated in our life, we have this conversion maybe even late in life like we get the inheritance of the kingdom of god
1: yeah that actually sounds like a lot like this story because they didn't care about the fine cuz the guy just walked out they were just really excited to get a book back that's like 100 years old they even put it on display mm. you know and right. like they're just excited that the book was back yeah it's exactly like uh, like what you're talking about this this idea that in in the kingdom of god and in the economy of grace, like there's no overdue fees necessarily. We, there's just a rejoicing when repentance happens, right? Whenever it happens, and uh, and the Lord is is gives generously to whomever asks of him for grace, no matter how long it's been taking you to get there.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah, like an overdue
0: book. Like an overdue book. It was interesting. I was walking out of the chapel at EWTN, and I ran in before my interview— I ran into Father Mark. He's one of the, the hosts for mm-hmm. Life on the Rock show, and I met Father Mark before. I haven't seen him in years. We ran into, hey, how are you? Good, you know, I'll see you in a little bit. And he had this little nun with him, um, not from the same religious order as the, you know, Mother Angelica. I think they're they're cloistered anyway, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she was out and about, um, and dressed in blue. So I knew she wasn't the same. Uh and later on he told me that she had read my book, Holy Grit. Oh really? Yeah. I was like, How cute is that? That is cute. A little nun. Read Holy Grit. Wow. I bet you got something. I out would
1: of have it. loved to know what she got out of it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? What she thought about it. Yeah. That's awesome. So and she that's she the thing
0: about grace. Like it's under, like you never know where it's gonna go. Like you never right. know how it's gonna work. You know, like like I wrote this book, but I don't really know what God's gonna do with it. I got to surrender it, you know, and our life is the same. Like we have to surrender it and let God do the work, let God do the work for us. And that's really hard because we want to be in control of our lives. The reality is God wants to be. Well, and as long as we do what is right and pleasing
1: to him as best we can, then he can control it. Um, For example, this guy with the book, like this guy wasn't the man who checked it out, for example, like that's not him because he'd be a hundred and, 20 or something like that. He
0: just found it. Maybe it was just, his parents. Maybe
1: it was his parents. But he just decided, you know what? Today I'm going to make things right. I'm just... And he just walked out. <laughs> yeah. He said, I don't have $1,800 to pay.
0: Nor do I have time for this. <laughs>
1: but, but I could at least put things right and put this where it belongs. And uh, it does take that commitment to... No matter how long it's been, you can always put things right. Right? <laughs> like, we can always tell the Lord that we love Him and that we're sorry and that we want to change. And 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 we can always repent of, of the things that we need to repent of there's There's no reason to delay salvation. there's no reason to delay making things right with God, you know
0: yeah, and it's never too late. Uh, you know, we m- mention this every now and then or more often, but it's never too late. you know, so you and I have something in common this week. Mm. We both within a week celebrate our anniversaries. That's right to our wives. Yeah. Right? Well, me with my wife, yours
1: with yours. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Our our wedding anniversary. You were married May twenty sixth in two thousand seven. So this would be how many years? Sixteen. Okay. I was married May thirtieth, nineteen ninety seven. Mm-hmm. Ten years mm-hmm. apart. Mm-hmm. So we'll be celebrating twenty six. Twenty six years. How Do crazy is that? It's awesome. So that's, we've been married twenty six years. Yeah, that's wild. But we're both celebrating that you know, mm-hmm. within a week, um, 26 and 16, okay? Now, you've learned this as a husband and a father, right? That you're not perfect, neither Oof. am I,
1: Yeah. right? Yeah, it didn't take long to learn that one, yeah.
0: But it's never too late. It's never too late to, like, work on things or to become a better husband or father. You know, I hear a lot of times from people who are married, husbands, fathers, moms, wives, man, I've just... You know, it's too late to kind of, you know, I guess do better. You Mm -hmm. know, with my kids, or they're older now, or you know, with my wife or with my husband. I was like, no, it's it's not too late. It's not too late to make your marriage better or your family better, even if you feel like it's too late or you've done too much damage or you have regrets. It's not too late. You know, Mm -hmm. like you can you can do things differently or move forward slowly. Uh, start to make changes or do things differently.
1: Yeah, the saints really teach us the art of doing that every day where there's a combination of two things. One, you don't let your past mistakes and sins determine how holy your future is. Right. Right, like there's no reason to do that.
0: God, God the wage, God's going to pay you. Like, you know, his yeah. grace is going to be there for you.
1: In fact, he's so good you bring the book back even if you he's gonna pay you eighteen hundred dollars. Even if you come
0: to work late. Like (laughs) this is the whole gospel story. That's right. You guys came to work late and you got paid the same because grace isn't portioned. God doesn't God doesn't like you know, like give you a little sliver of the pie and me all of it because I'm a better person than you. Or you did more work, or
1: whatever. Right. It's a free gift. Grace of of is a free gift. Yes. Of himself. Of himself. himself. Yeah. His
0: whole self, not part of himself or anything like that. And that's the thing is like it's never too late to receive the fullness of God's grace in our life, mm-hmm. as a you know, as in our vocation or in anything. And so often in our mind we get stuck in the regret of what we've done wrong, and that keeps us from like moving forward and and just. Receiving the fullness of God's grace.
1: Well, that's the second thing the Saints get so the Saints get that I can be holy today and my past doesn't Prevent me from being holy today. Like I can bring the book back today to the Lord give him my heart give Mm. him everything today Hundred years late hundred years. late, I could do it but secondly my sins are real but the, the Saints know how to mourn their sin but They mourn them as if they're dead things They they treat sin like a dead thing, like because it is it's death, not a living thing that's keeping me bound or or keeping me me. right. Sin needs to be dead to me. You're dead to me, because we hear about how serious the saints take sin, and they do. You know, like a, a, a Saint Francis who, when feeling tempted toward lust and remembers his past sins, runs and jumps into a thorn bush to stop the temptation. Obviously, he takes sin pretty seriously, right? But there's a way to take it seriously, like it's a current threat or this, this thing that's alive and I can't stop it and it's holding me down and I can't be who I'm, who I'm called to be or who I want to be. Or you, you take sin seriously as something to mourn. In other words, I have sinned and I've hurt the heart of Christ and I've offended him. Um, we mourn things like that. We grieve over that. But it doesn't hold me back from loving him today. It's a dead thing. It's something that's already happened. Um... So that's the art that the saints understand is, yes, take sin very seriously as something that is dead to you now. It's part of the old man, even if it creeps up its head every now and then. And then don't let it hold you back from loving the Lord with all you got today. You're dead to me. Sin,
0: right? Sin, yeah. Not me. Yeah, well, I mean, not yet. Not yet. One day I will be. Is that (laughs) what you're going to say at my funeral? He's dead to me. (laughs) He's dead to me right now. Okay, let's <laughs> let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Healthcare that works better and costs less seems like an oxymoron, right? Take a minute and check out our sponsor, Solidarity HealthShare. Members say that faith-based health sharing is a much better fit than insurance, all while costing less. Prices start at three hundred eighty-four dollars a month for families. Call now to see how much you can save. Eight four four 387-8533 that's eight four four three eight seven eight five three three welcome back to the show great to be with you Paul George Deacon Adam Con in studio you're liking this music huh it's feel-good music that's what Is they call it? that Feels good, summertime.
1: Yeah, summertime feel good music.
0: School's ending this week. It ends. Kids are yeah. home. It's, you're, you know, you're wrapping up your school year, and you got a lot of exciting. Up. You know, not to like to toot your horn, but like I want to toot it. You're not tooting it. Whoa, toot toot. <laughs> you got a lot of changes, a lot of good things coming up. You're celebrating your 16th anniversary, mm-hmm. and. You are starting a new role at your parish, St. Martin. Yeah, very exciting. Yeah. Director of evangelization, yeah. overseeing, you know, all things that are formation at your parish and in the city, the town, beautiful location, town. Lots yeah. of changes for you. It's going to be great. And y'all are, you know, in the process of reforming the school that used to be there, um, you know, kind of visioning out. Having a little Catholic school there. Uh, yeah, it's Mar- very exciting. Marie Stella? Mm-hmm. Mar- are...
1: Marie Stella Classical Academy.
0: Which means Star of Mary. Star of the Sea. Star yeah. of the Sea, right, Mary? Yeah, Mary she's star a Star of the Sea. Mary Star
1: of the Sea. And uh, it's one of the oldest titles for Our Lady, but it's also, uh, it became like the Cajun National Anthem officially in like 1880-something or something like that. Really? Yeah, because as they came here on a boat from Canada and made the long, perilous journey, they would look to Our Lady to guide them on their journey, right as under this title, star of the sea, and mm-hmm. then that's why the star is on the Acadian flag today. Uh, it's it's Our Lady, mm-hmm. and how she guided them from where they were in uh, Nova Scotia, in Canada, all the way to here in St. Martinville, where they where they got off the boat. Wow, in St. Martinville, and
0: so it is a beautiful little Cajun town. It's it's the birthplace of a. Of so they go Acadiana. in the sea up like the Mississippi, and then up like the Tesh River, like what. You know, you know like, I
1: don't really know the exact route, actually. But,
0: yeah, it all adds up. They river to river, and then they end up in the Ville. Wow. Mm-hmm. And settled. You know, what they didn't realize is how fertile this ground is. Like, you know, they they got kicked out of Canada, the Cajuns,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right, the Acadians. Got kicked out. Like, you're gone, you know? Talk about persecution. And so they didn't know where to go. They just landed here. They didn't realize how amazing this place is. Because... You know, your ability to farm and grow crops here compared to Canada is uh, night and day. Must be. Because of the weather. Must be. The land, the, you know, the You've soil. been to Canada.
1: I've never been to Canada. Well, it's
0: cold a lot of the yeah. year. I mean, what are you going to plant in ice? <laughs> I mean, so your window ice, maybe. of like.
1: Maybe an ice farmer.
0: Of whatever crops that are there is, is a small window.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, the the weather's awful as far as humidity and heat, and mosquitoes are terrible, but the land and the sea, right? So the rivers and the Gulf, plentiful with seafood. It really is a great place to live. Yeah. Um, if you so, don't mind the heat and humidity so and mosquitoes. So you're, you're
0: there in St. Martinville and Marie Stella. I'm, I'm excited about what's going on. I mean, this is, I'm going to keep everyone posted on this. Well, this it's, is good. it's
1: it's such an interesting place because it, the the – church is literally in the middle of town
0: Mm -hmm. and which is where it should be
1: which is where it should be
0: in every town
1: in every town
0: we need to reclaim our towns for jesus well then wherever you are right now
1: podcast listener take a a pole or something and go stick it in the middle of your town
0: and say this is the site of the
1: future church
0: (laughs) that i'm building you know the crazy part is they're closing down churches in some places but maybe they should close those down and build one in the middle of town
1: I think so. I mean, I mean that's where it.
0: cathedrals exist in a lot of dioceses, like in it's the center of the diocese and the center of the city. Um, you know, St. Mardville is a little Cajun town outside of Lafayette, but like in the center in town, just like, you know, sort of this little courthouse square and like mm-hmm. the whole thing of like a little small town is there's the church where it should be. And missionaries came down and found, that's right, you know, these towns and converted them to the faith and built churches, you know? And so hundreds of years later, we're, we're finding that, in some ways, like, those churches are in decline with numbers. But, like, we're in a re-evangelization of the church. That's right. We're in a new evangelization of bringing Christ to our cities. We need to take that seriously. Yeah. You know, so as y'all are re-envisioning the church in St. Martinville, that's amazing. And then, you know, it used to have a school. Right. But the numbers went down, so they had to close it. But there's a new evangelization happening. and So y'all going to— with the evangelization of town, reopen a school eventually, you know, and just do what you need to do in St. Martinville.
1: Right. Build a kingdom in St. Martinville. Kingdom building. So, so we're all And about. that's what I
0: tell people is, like, just focus on your neighborhood, your town, mm-hmm. your city, your place. And if everyone does that, imagine what God's going to do in our country, in our world, Uh Instead of us thinking, well, someone else should do it, or we should do something huge, what about just doing something where you are? Mm -hmm. And that, just do that, and do it well. God can do so many things. He can. And like we've talked about before, he's promised
1: that the gates of the netherworld won't prevail. So as as we march into our cities with the gospel and the kingdom, we win, right? The devil can't stop us. Uh, Even where he has strongholds and homes and... Uh, families and businesses or whatever, as soon as the gospel is preached with conviction and credibility because people are actually living it, the devil can't stop that. devil can't stop nothing. He can't. He can't stop so That's it. why it spreads like wildfire. But what you're saying is true. If we all focus, one, with a credible witness, I'm going to follow Jesus, right? Right. I'm going to live for him, and nothing else matters in my life. That credible witness focused on a small town or a neighborhood yeah, wins 100% of that's the time. That's what it should be. 100% of the time. Be.
0: You know, we have people want to either do something big or nothing at all, or they mm-hmm. want to look to someone else to do it instead of them. And it's like, no, no, no. Let's all just do something small in our area, in our city, in our neighborhood, and watch God grow, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, one person like that, we celebrate a great saint. I don't know if you have a patron saint for your marriage.
1: We, uh, yes.
0: So we were actually married on the feast of St. Joan of Arc. Wow. Yeah. So
1: she chose y'all.
0: Yeah. She chose us. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if we actually knew that when we got married, but we, Grench and I gained a devotion to her and then we realized, hey ho, (laughs) we were married on her feast day. How about that? May 30th. It's really cool.
1: That is really cool. You know. Do you so, think your marriage is like a is like Joan of Arc? I kind
0: of do. Yeah. So, so in light of that weird Catholic stuff today. What? Yep. That's really weird. You're weird.
1: That's the way my mama made me.
0: Oh, yeah. She
1: made me Catholic and she made me weird. <laughs> weird Catholic stuff.
0: Your mom actually didn't make you, by the way. That's true. I mean, I mean, sort of. You're co-creators. Parents are co-creators. Right. Your mom and dad.
1: But they didn't, like, pick things about me, right? Like, God picked. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Right. They didn't make me like
1: a carpenter makes a table where it's like, I'm going to choose how the edges look and how the, you
0: know. Right. Like, you make robots, which are in a thing, and we're going to talk about that. (laughs) Like, there's some robots happening. But the weird Catholic (laughs) stuff is that, okay, St. Joan of Arc, sort of a weird story, um, you know, she was around in France. She was. In the 1400s. Mm-hmm. So she was a young lady, had a deep faith as a child, and then found herself, you know, fighting um, <laughs> political wars and eventually physical wars in the name of Jesus.
1: Yes. You know, Joan of Arc has one of the weirdest lives in the history of human lives. Mm.
0: We talk about her still, right? She's very misunderstood, too, in a lot of ways.
1: Her life seems like what we might hear about, like, you know, those old Greek tragedies and and tales of, you know, goddesses and gods and whatever. It almost seems like a life like that. It's so heroic, so big. But it's a real life, right? Like, she's a real woman, Um, And did real things, and the Lord used her in such big ways. And she died when she was 19.
0: 19, and we're talking about her. You know, something impressive about these young saints, you know, and you were asking about, you know, do we feel like our marriage is in some way like Joan of Arc? And I think that was a great question because I've never thought of it that way. I mean, we have a devotion to her, and we got married on her feast day. And so if you're married out there, like, you should think about finding a patron saint for your marriage, one that connects with your marriage. Mm-hmm. Look at the day you were married and see who's on there. But also just maybe there's a saint that just chooses you, mm-hmm. you know, for your marriage. St. Joan of Arc, I, I do feel like in some ways, like, Gretchen and I's mission as a married couple is to fight for other couples, like, for, to fight for marriages. So a lot of the work we do for marriages, married couples— retreats, conferences, you know, one-on-ones, things that people don't even ever see is this spirit of Joan of Arc to like really fight uh, for truth and for freedom for people's hearts, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I would, that's, that's a beautiful analogy, Paul, because y'all do fight for that. And it does take a fight. And you know, I, I find struggling married couples need someone to fight for them because they're struggling to learn how to fight with each other instead of fight each other. Right. So like somebody has to fight for their marriage for just a bit mm-hmm. to teach them that art of fighting for each other, not with each other.
0: You know, yeah, what and I mean? it's speaking truth into those person, the person's lives, their marriage, so that they can see the reality of what God is calling them to, because it's mm-hmm. beautiful. A- and then we also have to fight for our own marriages in a sense of like fighting to make our marriages good, to work hard at the things that we need to work at. You know,
1: because our marriage has enemies. Yes. The devil hates our marriage, one,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but then our fallen human nature.
0: The world hates marriage. The world hates marriage. The whole thing,
1: you know. Uh, there are enemies, so you need to fight them, like Joan of Arc, who uh, who fought the British.
0: Yeah, so she was French. She fought the the English and we... was captured, um, and put in prison, sold to the English, and placed on trial for heresy and witchcraft. Yeah, so that's one of the weird
1: Catholic stuff about Joan is that she died uh, as a capital sentence for heresy. She's, as far as I can tell, the only saint to ever be killed as a heretic by the church. Yeah, and it wasn't later I
0: that the church corrected itself for that. Right. Because th- there was obviously some um, discrepancies, some, you know... Uh, heresies, just some things in the church that were corrupt, some corruption in the church. Correct. You know, because the war that was happening at the time, there was corruption in the church. Joan was fighting on the right side, and yet she got, you know, ridiculed and and blamed for heresy, and then arrested, and then she was burned to death, alive.
1: Well, the British uh, just couldn't take Joan with her vocation. They couldn't handle it um, because she was... Inspiring not only uh, devotion to our Lord and our Lady, Mm -hmm. which was her banner, um, our Lord and our Lady, that she fought under. Not only was she inspiring great devotion in the people, but she was also winning. Mm. She actually won battles as a 19-year-old girl leading troops that were outmatched and and outtrained, beating the British Mm. back um, back into England. And they couldn't f- stop her. So they say, all right, we're going to capture her and figure out how to condemn her as a heretic so that this devotion and, and this movement she started as like this holy warrior can die down because she's going to be called a heretic, right? So they trick her. And uh, it's one of the weird Catholic things is they um, they took all her clothes away. Do you know this story? Of how they tricked her into burning her at the stake? Because they were, they would, uh, they were in, asking her very dense theological questions to trip her up mm-hmm. and she would answer them like our Lord would do in the gospel, like very simply in such a way that like she wasn't trapped.
0: Like what is truth?
1: Yeah. One of them was like, are you in the state of grace right now? So if she says, yes. Well, that's the sin of presumption, you know, cause no one really knows whatever, right? If she says no, well then she's in mortal sin. Like why? Whatever. So she, uh, they ask her that and she says, um, if I am, I praise God that I am. And if I am not, I beg him to soon make me so. Hmm. Or something like that. Effect.
0: What a brilliant response.
1: <laughs> yeah. So they couldn't get her. So they, they throw her back into prison. And uh, they take her clothes away while she's bathing. They take them away. And they only leave in their male clothing. Oh, is that how that happened?
0: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: So she puts on the male clothing and comes out. And uh, they say, look, she's... She's a, well, basically a transvestite, right? Like she's, she doesn't know who, she's confused, mm. right? She's She thinks she's a man. Wow. She fights like a man, she dresses like a man, she's, and so they kill her for that.
0: Really? Yeah. That was the ultimate, like... Apparently. Hmm. Wow. They tricked her. Yeah. But, um, yeah. You know, she's admired by, you know, for her bravery by women and men. Like mm-hmm. her courage inspires, you know... Uh, both genders to like live with that type of courage, you know. That's right. And yeah, to be burned at the stake, be burned alive, but not only just that. But sh- she died. She died in her heart, knowing that she fought for truth. But she also died, knowing that she was misunderstood. Like
1: that's right. You know, just she, like our Lord.
0: Yeah, just like Jesus.
1: Well, now those were her dying words. Jesus. She was saying the name of Jesus as she burned. Ooh. How crazy! Is loudly, because she was getting burned, you know. So it was kind of like a yell, maybe. And, uh, hmm. mm-hmm. and
0: then, and then they, then they said, "You're dead to me." They did. You know, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, when you said uh,
1: she inspired courage, it's it, it, what a strange story. I mean, she she's called by the Lord as a woman to lead an army of men, and she inspires manly courage in them. So it's not like she's a woman leading in such a way that she suffocates masculinity right like right. she she's the man no she's not the man she actually encourages masculine strength and courage in her men right um, that's the way she led as a woman and I guess there was no man to lead them so God sent a woman which often happens in families and communities where like the men are just absent they're just not
0: doing their job or they're corrupt or they're corrupt you know and they're not focused on the right mission Mm-hmm. And this is what happens with men is that we get corrupt by the world and we lost in our own sin and, the, and our own power and the ego, you know, and this is why the beauty of marriage is that men and women complement each other. Yep. Women have a certain strength, certain gifts and men as well. Uh, and then each individual has their own unique gifts and strengths. And then when you combine those two, a, a marriage um, shows forth the glory of God better together than you do individually.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like You show forth the love of God in your marriage better together than you would just on your own because you're, you're most fully who you are in God in your vocation of marriage. Yeah. Right?
1: Yeah, and, you're, and there's an art to marriage where you learn how to help bring out the best in the spouse, like to make them more and more who they are. Right. And that's different than doing everything for them right so like if you know if the dad is is uh slacking on his duties to actually teach the faith, faith to their kids, not teaching them to pray, not bringing a mass, whatever, well the wife could just do that for him, you know, but there's such a a way of leading where someone is not that you actually encourage them like Joan of Arc to be the man they're supposed to be um but at the same time taking care of your kids, and so there's a um there's a way to love the spouse and the other that makes them more of who they are, not makes up for what they're not doing, so they don't have to worry about it. You see what I'm saying? Right. And we do enough of that in the church where we just say, "Okay, well, uh, you know, this isn't happening. That's not happening. Well, let's just do the best we can and move, you know, move on." There's a way to engage in the church that actually makes the church better.
0: Speaking of being misunderstood, I'm really kind of worried right now. And, I, and I'm laughing about it as I'm saying it. But so in New York, I was reading that there, there's now these like robot robot dogs Yes, that are going around the city. So they're actually robots that are like monitoring the streets. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is real. Like I'm not making it up, right? You were, you were reading about it, right? I showed mm-hmm. it to you. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I was also reading that there's a McDonald's in Texas that is fully operational by like no people. Wow. I don't know how. I need to read more about it. And then, you know. So she's a big kiosk of McDonald's. Yeah. And so, like, this whole idea of, like, AI, artificial intelligence, and robots is, like, growing. And it's kind of freaking me out because it's, like, okay, like, with Joan, like, there was a misunderstanding. Okay. Mm-hmm. What happens when you're dealing with a robot who has no logic and there and no ethics within the logic? Like, their ethics are just, like, black and white, but there's no logic. So, like... Oh, like, you know, um, you know, I wasn't jail walking, but this robot cop says I was, but somebody pushed me into the street Mm -hmm. and I, and I jumped back out of the street, but somebody had pushed me and they arrest me. There's no logic. There's no like discussion. Like there's going to be so much misunderstanding with robots. It's kind of freaking me out. Wow. sounds like you're worried about it. I've thought a lot about this. <laughs> I had a long drive, so I drove to Birmingham, DAWTN, instead of flying because that there was no direct flight. So, mm-hmm. yeah,
1: wow, <clears throat> yeah. Misunderstandings can happen with robots and humans, but with robots, is well, I mean, if you think
0: about like the misunderstanding between humans, mm-hmm. and we have the ability to like communicate, to have logic, to have emotion, to have education, and 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 <clears throat> come up with a a nice little resolution maybe not all the time. Like with robots, like what do you do when it's just there's no like logical explanation to like defend yourself. Then robots like, no, this is just it. This is what you did. And you're like, no, no, no. no. Like I don't think you understand. It's not that black and white. Like someone pushed me into the street. I wasn't jailwalking. No, no, no. You were. <laughs> and they arrest me and put me in jail. And they're strong because they're robots, right? So you can't fight back, right? Like, so there's there's robots now policing the street. Now they're robot dogs, so they're kind of monitoring. You know, so they're they're not to the point where they're like, but they're getting to the point where it could replace like cops in some ways. Well, AI and robots can replace
1: the whole workforce, which is. Uh work has to become something more than not every job efficiency but a lot a lot like I don't want to name them right now because if that's your job I don't want you to
0: get <laughs> nervous but point being but see here's the point it's always going to fall short because the 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 robot has the inability to be human to have uh, emotion to have empathy to have certain you know human characteristics that are always going to be part of the human nature and you know, we're—I don't know. It's gonna—it's it, gonna crumble in on itself. I don't yeah. know how. I don't—I don't know the future. Well, and I think pretty soon, like
1: now, we need to start as a church preaching this part of the gospel that there's something more to work than just being efficient. So even if a robot can do something more efficiently, that doesn't mean they ought to do it rather than a human. And um,
0: that there's a dignity to work. That's part of the gospel, you know. I mean, it's just in my mind, I'm kind of, yeah, all over the place, but I can't, then there's going to be like, there's going to be fights between humans and robots. Cause the, you're going to be like, I did not do that. And then robots can be like, yes, you did. And then there's no way to like, you know, well, the really scary thing to me is the fight between the robot and the robot. Ooh, there you go. Okay. <laughs> this, all right. We're going to take a quick break let everyone process that. And we're going to be right back. Paying too much for health care and supporting services you don't believe in? Our sponsor, Solidarity HealthShare, has prices that are 60% less than the nation's average cost of health care. Join the nation's leading health care sharing ministry built by people of faith for people of faith, saving money through ethical and affordable health care. Call now to see how much you can save at 844 387 eight five three three. That's Solidarity Health Share eight four four three eight seven eight five three three. Welcome back to the show. Great to be with you. Uh, this is a robot speaking, uh, this is a robot in the place of Paul George. Um, so we were just discussing off air cause we can't get off this topic. Um, it's kind of freaky, but, uh, there is like a, like, uh, I was also, and you were, you were mentioning this too, but like, a, some of this artificial intelligence can copy your voice. Yeah. And, and then therefore like speak for you. Yeah. So I don't know if if like you could like if we just generated the text and then a robot could just record the show. Well, it's worse
1: than that. So it's worse. A buddy
0: of mine who's or better who's
1: been playing with AI for a while, he did this one time because we we did a podcast uh, at at the school I worked at um, where we did I don't know twenty some episodes. Mm-hmm. So he uh, used those episodes to train this AI thing. And uh, told it to produce a twenty-minute podcast about something. I don't remember what it was, in the style like of us talking in the way we talk, and it came out pretty, pretty. It was crazy.
0: Really? He, yeah. Does he upload the voice? That does it copy it? Like yeah, how? like it, lis-
1: it listened to the episodes to see what I sound like and how I talk and the things I might say. And same thing with Kyle, who's the co-host, and shot out a podcast episode. Mm. wild
0: but be honest was it as good as natural like
1: it sounded pretty close really yeah
0: wow so we get to sit back and just let someone else do the show for us yes Mm.
1: what's crazy is it's not just audio you could do that with video too so like you know create a video podcast of paul and adam on a beach discussing whatever
0: how does it copy us how does it if we're not there
1: it just knows
0: really Mm-hmm. Hmm. So I don't need to buy all this equipment. I can just <laughs> how do the people who are listening even know it's us right now? That's what's
1: crazy. Well, you can't. And that's they're coming out with something called human certified. Have you heard about this? No. Human certified, like certified human.
0: Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So it certifies that like it, not made by AI. Hmm. You know, colleges are dealing with this and schools are dealing with this now because kids are writing papers with AI. It just writes yep. their paper. So teachers are having to like, which you could you can find. It's sort of like, you know, copy. Mm-hmm. You know, you can just say, where'd this paper come from? And they can find it and be like, oh, it was generated on the internet.
1: Mm, yes and no. So there's an AI race in that because, so <laughs> this is <laughs> computers fighting computers, really. Because what will happen is like the student will say, write a paper for me. AI writes the paper. It's it's 100% original paper. No one's ever seen it. You can't find it on the internet and turns it in. The only way to tell that this was AI generated is if it's another AI figures it out. Because we can't figure it out. So they have another AI program to find out if it was AI generated. That's
0: what I'm saying.
1: But then... The other AI program is like, well, I need to be able to beat the, A- the other AI program. So it's this back and forth that only ends in our
0: destruction. So do we all just die from here? Eventually, yeah. Okay. We're dead to you. Yeah, you're dead to me. <laughs> we all get killed by robots. Yes, eventually. Yeah. Okay. That's, or Jesus comes back yeah, first. That's the yeah. end of the story. Mm-hmm. Okay. We've, so, s-
1: we've seen this movie before,
0: yeah. Okay. But well, then let's do uh, six pack <laughs> of questions because that might... Question. (laughs) I might just pop us out of this or keep us going. Oh, my goodness. Yes.
1: All right, question number one. So you mentioned you were in uh, Irondale, Alabama, outside of Birmingham at EWTN Studios. But it wasn't your first visit. I want you to uh, tell us about your first time you were on on an EWTN program, Um, and then maybe there's a funny story or, like, something uh, embarrassing about it you could share as well.
0: Embarrassing? Maybe. I don't know. Hmm. Tell me the first time you were on. The first time was probably 2006 or seven. So that must so, be a good embarrassing story. I was story running Adore Ministries and went for an interview just about like ministry work and speaking and whatever I was doing in Adore Ministries. So,
1: What show was it?
0: So um, it was Life on the Rock, but okay. Father Mark was young. A guy named Doug Barry was the co-host. It was like mm-hmm. the original Life on the Rock. It's, it's changed a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if there was anything embarrassing <laughs> That I can remember. Maybe I blocked it all out. But
1: like like uh were you wearing a V neck t shirt, for example?
0: Probably. Okay. Maybe back then, yeah. not anymore. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Okay. The embarrassing thing is this time was I was called pink.
1: <laughs> that is pretty rough. Yeah,
0: you're pink. Okay. You're pink. I that was confirmed. That's all. That's all my wife. She's like, I've been telling you for years you're pink.
1: Question number two. So we talked about this uh, strange man who brought a 100-year-old late book to the library in Mm -hmm. California. Do you remember a day when you had this thing called a blockbuster or some video rental store? Yeah, video store, yeah. And you had to bring it back for a certain day. Yeah, Uh,
0: They made their money on on late, you know, check-ins, whatever. So my
1: question, like, I don't know this about you because we never talk about it because we don't rent movies anymore. What kind of movie renter were you? Did you bring it back? And when you're supposed to, did you take a while? Were
0: you late? I hated late fees. Yeah, yeah. So I was stressed un- out about it. I stressed out about it, and I will not rent or whatever check out a book at the library mm-hmm. for the sheer fact that it might be late. Mm-hmm. So I just won't do it. Yeah, I'd rather, rather buy n- the book. I'd rather buy the book or not get the book than for the book to be late. Wow. I'd rather you get the book and then you- <laughs> than- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: And then I'm calling you like 30 days later. That's my OCD coming need to bring out. The like blockbuster.
0: Back. Like I'd much rather you rent the movie and be responsible for it. Okay.
1: All right. Question number three. Uh, we talked about Saint Joan of Arc, and that was the day you two got married. It it was mm-hmm. 26
0: years ago. It was an amazing day.
1: It was an amazing day. Uh, and I asked you if your marriage was like Joan of Arc, and you said, yes, like fighting for couples, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, why in your experience, why do couples stop fighting in their marriage? Like fighting for their marriage? Like what, what? Cause everybody wants to be happily married, right? Like everybody yeah. wants to do what it takes. Yeah. Uh, but there's a certain point where you just stop fighting for it.
0: It's hard to give up. It's you hard. Know? Mm-hmm. You just feel like there's, maybe there's no hope. There's, you know, we've, we've keep doing the same things over and over. The other person's not meeting my needs. I'm not meeting their needs and we drift apart. And I think that's ultimately the drifting, just the distance seems so long, you know, apart that people just think it's hopeless. And that feeling of hopelessness in our life and our marriage, you know, is, is hard to deal with. You know, and that's what we're talking about. The gospel is like that we had mentioned about the, the vineyard it's like God's grace is sufficient and is all there for you, even if it's, you know, last minute. Mm-hmm. Like, don't stop. Like, God will give you what you need.
1: Question number four. Um, so related to that, this last minute grace. So we just had Pentecost. Mm-hmm. And we encouraged folks to pray a Holy Spirit novena. Yes.
0: Um, I did mine. All right. How did it go? Great. My wife and I did it together, and we had petitions because you can add petitions to novena, mm-hmm. and the petitions grew. So over the nine days, they got longer <laughs> and longer and longer and longer. So I'm of the I'm of this this the the mindset that you have to keep the petitions that you start with, or God won't honor the ones you throw in last. Like day minute. four,
1: he's like, "All right, come on now, but, come on."
0: Gretchen's of that she just adds along the way, and she just believes that God's grace is much more than my thought process.
1: Wow. And I don't think she's right. She said that out loud? No. Okay. No, That's no, a no. good sentence, though.
0: I mean, it's true. It is very true. She's like, no, if I throw in these petitions last minute on day eight, God knows. Wow. It's like, well, probably. That, that is but true. you didn't follow the rules. <laughs> 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 That's your late fees. So I'm throwing them about. out. Okay. But God's not. <laughs> Uh, question number five.
1: Um, so you, you're talking about your uh, book, Holy Grit, and these grit groups. Uh, are you still – you, you started a new round. Are they still going on, or did they finish?
0: They finished up, and then I'll start a new round early fall. You know, So early there's fall. two okay. things that people can do. They can get the book, Holy Grit, and do a book study with other men, the church or whatever, school or house. or, And then the grit groups are specifically – uh, groups that join with me, and we go through eight sessions together of not just the book, but like other content. You went through it, mm-hmm. so it's it's really kind of drilled down into a lot of cool stuff of learning how to pray and discern and and kind of be very intentional about your spiritual life.
1: Okay. Now, the one you just ended was in the season of Easter, whereas yes. the one I went through is in the season of Advent. So my question is like did it kind of take on a Easter feel to the group? Like it, it was,
0: it did. Mm-hmm. It kind of did. Yes. You know, we did one in advent and one through Lent mm-hmm. into Easter. And it's just kind of how the church falls, right? Like advents in the fall and lents in the spring. I don't know if you know that. Yeah. But, uh, the way that it falls it. So it, it kind of has a fall advent feel and it has mm-hmm. kind of a spring, lent, Easter feel. It, 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 you kind of have to go with it. So well, there it is. Oop, there it is. All right, question number six. Uh, it's Pentecost.
1: Yep. I mean, it's Pentecost has happened. It's uh, now ordinary time. Now what? Now what? We just went through Pentecost. You I Prayed the novenas. Love,
0: now what? I love. I'm the weird guy who loves ordinary time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I do. You're just an ordinary guy. I love it. And here's why. I'm, I'm about all the seasons, but here's why I love ordinary time. Because this is where we're just called to live in the day-to-day, in the ordinary of life, to practice our spiritual lives, to, you know, live daily in our prayer and in our vocation and in the little things and just live our ordinary lives to be ordinary saints. So I love ordinary time. I love the readings and the gospels. Like, it's just a great time to just be like, I'm a, I'm a disciple,
1: right on so we got a disciple yep okay so I have a whole season just living life
0: I've just living yeah just and it and I we're more called to the ordinary than, than the extraordinary in a sense so ordinary time is a reminder of like just our ordinary lives and just what we're called to you know
1: yeah well happy anniversary man for you and your wife
0: yep so anyway no robots today <laughs> it could be robots doing this show. You never know. We'll have to be human. What is it? Certified approved? human. Certified human. <laughs> <clears> this <throat>
1: podcast is certified human. It's crazy. I don't think there's any doubt on this one. Too many mistakes.
0: <laughs> what? Well, that's what we need no to do. We're going to make this. mistakes in our show to prove that we're human, mm-hmm.
1: right? But then you could just tell the AI make mistakes so they think they're human. <sighs>
0: it's going to get hairy. Oh, it's hairy. Yeah. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening to the show, being a part of it. Share the show on the podcast. Thanks, everyone, for listening in Acadiana, KLFT Radio, and we'll be back next week. God bless.